Welcome, Guardians fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Standing Guard, a show dedicated to the Orlando Guardians. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here is your host, Michael Lafer. Hello, Guardians fans. This is episode one, A New Beginning. Welcome to Standing Guard, a show dedicated to the XFL's Orlando Guardians. If you are not familiar with myself, I am the founder and host of Player 54 Podcast, a show dedicated to the XFL. I know I am cutting it close on launching this podcast, but I am unaware of any other shows focused on the Orlando Guardians. Seeing I am a Guardian season ticket holder, I feel the fan base deserves one. So here we are. Join me on this journey. By doing so, we may bring the fan base together and grow numbers to fill Camping World Stadium for the 2023 XFL season and beyond. Later in the show, I will be joined by a Rough'em Up podcast co-host, Cullen Watkins, to discuss this weekend's matchup between the Orlando Guardians and Houston Roughnecks. But first, we need to kick things off. I believe it is important to cover the most basic and important information needed before this weekend. First, the Orlando Guardians will play their home games at Camping World Stadium. Second, Guardian season tickets and single game tickets are available at xfl.com backslash tickets. Third, the Houston Roughnecks host the Orlando Guardians on Saturday, February 18th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The game will broadcast on ESPN and ESPN+. Fourth, week two. The Orlando Guardians will host the San Antonio Brahmas on Sunday, February 26th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The game will broadcast on ESPN and ESPN+. Fifth and last, I know it is important to have an understanding of who the Guardians coaching staff and players are. However, I am not going to read off everyone. I recommend visiting XFL.com to bring yourself up to speed. This week... We are fortunate to have Rough'em Up podcast co-host Cullen Watkins join the show to discuss this weekend's matchup between the Orlando Guardians and Houston Roughnecks. Welcome, Cullen. I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show to discuss this weekend's game between the Houston Roughnecks and the Orlando Guardians. Hey, Michael, thank you for having me. I know I'm excited, and I know you're excited. Every Everyone should be excited because we've been waiting for years for this weekend. And it's an honor to be able to discuss this week one matchup with you because I'm a big fan of your stuff. And I can't wait to see this discussion that we have because there's a there's some good stuff to discuss with this uh, with this matchup for sure. No doubt. I mean, it's a pleasure always bringing the community together, even if this is show number two for me. Hey, we'll get into it here shortly. What you got on your plate as well. But, you know, it kind of takes us over, and it's a beast of its own. So that is the XFL, whether we know it or not, from the first iteration, second iteration, and finally, the third iteration is upon us. doesn't matter what age you are, one way or another, those three letters, the XFL, has taken people, and it has brought out true fandom, whether it's by league, whether it's by teams, I think it's very fitting to bring in the opposing side for game one. So before we do that, before we dive into that beast, why don't you go ahead and share with the listeners who you are, what you know your background is, so we have an understanding of why I brought you on to talk about this particular matchup. 
For sure. Well, my name is Colin Watkins. I am currently a freshman who attends the University of Houston. I am a broadcast journalism major, but that's the boring stuff. I'm most importantly a diehard Houston Roughnecks fan. Ever since the very, very beginnings of, you know, that second uh, iteration being announced, I've always loved the Houston Roughnecks and I followed them, you know, even before the 2020 season started. And so with this third, you know, time around, I decided, hey, I want to get involved with this media now. You know, it helps with my majors, what I want to do. And also it's just a passion project, you know. I want to put my analysis on things and give news to people and expand the league and the fandom a bit. So I run my own podcast along with uh, Arlington Lane, a.k.a. A-Train, called the Rough Him Up Podcast. I also have a Instagram account called Roughnecks Analyst. And yeah, I just provide a more analysis on the news that's going on with the Roughnecks. Not so much just giving y'all breaking news, but I really try and pound on giving the analysis and the reasoning why these you know big events are so important. Um, but that's pretty much what I do, and I'm having a blast doing it so far. Well, that's a good thing. Yes. No one wants to hate their hobby. Yeah. <laughs> You know, whether it's a new hobby or not, whether it helps your studies and where you're ended up, that's, you know, that's even a bonus. But let's dive into this. South Division matchup, week one, 2023, finally, all that waiting's over. On Saturday, 8.30 p.m. kickoff, Eastern Standard Mm -hmm. Time, the Houston Roughnecks host the Orlando Guardians. Now, I'm going to take the negative town here, all right? Sometimes you just got to, you know, spice it up a little bit. More and more sports books have put out their odds on who's going to win the XFL championship. Unfortunately, the odds given to the Orlando Guardians and the Houston Roughnecks to win the XFL championship are not favorable for either one of them. They're not. They're not. <laughs> With the Guardians typically having the worst odds and the Roughnecks being slightly behind them at team number seven. No, there's only eight teams, people. That's last and second to last. You know, last time I checked. (laughs) Using those odds as a metric, Saturday night's matchup seems to be the bottom feeders. Mm -hmm. If we're just looking at those metrics. I understand your show is focused on the Roughnecks. It might be a little bit of bias, but whatever. It's okay. I'm focused hey, on the Guardians. I'm going to probably right. have my own you know, bias. I'm a season ticket holder for the Guardians. So what can we anticipate from the Roughnecks on game day? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, first of all, I've always been just so interested with, you know, these preseason almost odds of winning these spring league championships. Because in my personal opinion, We can give as many predictions as we'd like. We can see the coaching staff and we can see, you know, the team and the players. But at the end of the day, before kickoff, everything is just merely predictions. So, you know, as Orlando fans or as Houston fans, first of all, I would not get discouraged at all because, you know, even when I'm looking into the Orlando roster, there are some good, there's some good guys and some good players on both the coaching staff and the actual team that could easily be game changers. So that just to get that out of the way. But 
on Saturday when it comes to what we can see from the Roughnecks. Of course, today, Brandon Silvers got announced that he's going to be starting. That was sort of a big thing, you know, the three-quarterback battle between Silvers, Ellaby, and McDonald. Silvers won. Uh, I actually projected that he was going to win months and months ago, um, even though a lot of people wanted McDonald for that starting job. And that could easily still happen. But for week one with Silvers, we're going to be seeing a lot of passing due to our air raid offense that we possess. I have talked to our wide receivers coach, uh, Peyton Party, our offensive coordinator, A.J. Smith. They're going to want to throw the ball more than any other team in the league. But also, you got to watch. We're going to utilize the running game to set up those big passes because we also have some West Coast and run and shoot offensive type plays in this uh, playbook as well. So expect a lot of passing, whether it be, you know, medium to deep passes. And on defense, a lot of pressure on the quarterback, especially going into week one. You know, it's a whole different beast out there. Week one, you got that adrenaline and that pressure on the quarterback. That's where mistakes can uh, can happen. So we're going to be seeing those two things when it comes to the roughnecks this Saturday. It's too early, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I understand. You know, I, I'm throwing you right there. No preseason games to watch, right? Mm -hmm. We've got snippets of little glimpses through social media. We didn't get to see any scrimmages, exposition games, whatever it might be. So I, I know I just threw you out there. and that's But that's what's going to happen week one with anybody, right? We just Absolutely, don't yeah. really know. We can analyze rosters even when the Guardians roster came out or the depth chart, right? Mm -hmm. So we had the 51-player but we see all these teams still making moves. So those 51 players rosters are still going to change. There's going to be somebody cut. Every addition, there's a subtraction. Every time there's two, well, now there's two going out the door as well. Mm -hmm. I understand there's a reserve list. Now we got our depth charts, right? Now we're seeing Silvers. We're seeing Paxton Lynch. But there's that or next to it. Nobody's talking about the or. I think, and I've shared this with some people, in some DMs and text from my conversations. I'm not going to get into my connections, but everyone knows I was just at the fan fest. Paxton Lynch is not starting, according to my conversations. Interesting. Or, and it goes, or between QB1, QB2, QB3. It's my understanding they're not showing their hand. My understanding, uh, DeAndre Francois will be the starting quarterback. Very interesting. I was told Paxton Lynch will be given every opportunity to win QB1. So that or means he could be a little bit more time. It just seems so odd that he came in so late. But if you are the Guardians going into week one and you don't want your competition to necessarily know your roster and who to prepare for, that's a smart move. The or. Doesn't matter what I was told. The reality could be I was informed that Paxton would be given every opportunity. So here it is. He's listed as QB1, but that or people, let's not hang our hat on that he is the starter. It's the only team that did that with their quarterbacks. Cross line. We saw some, if they're second or third on the depth chart, put that or in there. But it was the only team that did it with the starting lineup. Think about it. T Buck, his crew 
might be on to something here, people. Might be throwing a curveball that no one's talking about for whatever reason. I guess we'll find out game day who takes the first snap. That is very interesting, Michael. Man, because, and, and two, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize this. It really can throw a whole team into a loop when you don't know who's going out there first on that week, you know, the week one game day. Paxton Lynch, Francois, even Dormady, different. They have to prepare for each of those guys. That's very interesting that you brought that up. I did not think about that. You're not the only one because no one was talking about it. Everyone's like, oh, well, Paxton Lynch came in late. He won this job. He may have, right? Because I was told he's got every opportunity. But that also opens a door that no one's talking about the other possibility. Or. Two That's simple awesome. letters, a simple word. Or. It could that that word right there could e- easily change the week one outcome. Easily change. Anyway, not to be the or dead horse, because I use that term a lot, not to be the dead horse. But when I look at the Guardians, I have always said it's a wild card. It is a complete wild card of a team. And it's not because I'm not a big FCF guy. They double down on that FCF, but you know, it really depends on quarterback, mm-hmm. but I am really intrigued with two guys on the opposite side of the ball, Andrew Jamil and Becker. Those are two talents. I'm not bashing anybody else. I'm not saying the other guys are not going to be the, but when I watched Andrew Jamil, his highlights, he can cut on a dime his change of direction is remarkable. So I am really intrigued to see how that's going to translate at this level outside of the arena game. And we'll start to see with this level, you know, just below the national football league level. Mm-hmm. Again, all depends on chemistry. That's a lot of things we'll have to see. There's probably going to be some rust that still needs to be shake, you know, shaked off by a lot of these guys. It's a shortened camp month and change, but that's what I'm seeing offensively. I don't know much more than that, but that's what I'm intrigued on. I'm anticipating pass first, run second. Now, that's just now I guess I have a I have a question for you because I know on my podcast with the uh, with A Train we were talking about the Orlando like wide receiving core that they have posted. They look really good. I really like them. You know who who would you say your favorite is going into Week One? Let's say out of that wide receiving core. Yeah, you know I don't really know because. I'm also intrigued. The, unfortunately, I did an interview with the Player 54 podcast live from FanFest, and there was no audio. For whatever reason, we had some technical difficulties, people. So there's some interviews that people just will never hear that were fantastic interviews. May have been my best interviews yet. And I'm not saying that to make myself sound up. It's unfortunate those will never be heard because I did not record it. It was just meant to be on, you know, live. It's all it was for. It wasn't going to be a normal a regular episode. But I asked about Cody Latimer, the switch mm-hmm. from receiver to tight end. And Lamar Thomas, assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, he just smiled and he says, Cody is a team player. It's going to be interesting this year. So it doesn't matter where he's at on the depth chart. There's some things up the sleeves, right? Is, is what I get. Not every coach is going to kind of tell you, oh, yeah, everything's great. We have a good outlook. But that's also an intriguing thing to me. So I don't know who's going to be number one, 
it sounds like there's going to be an interesting approach. I don't know if there is going to be a real number one or if it's going to be spread the ball situation. Because if Andrew Jamil is obviously not wide out one, he's going to be in the slot. If he is becoming the next Edelman or Wes Welker, that starts to change. It doesn't matter who QB or who wide receiver one is. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a lot of progressions. I think it's going to be a check down. It, in, we're going to have to see who quarterback one is, who really actually does play. We're not going to speculate anymore on that. But it really going to depend on is somebody going to check down? Because if they do, it sounds like it could be spreading the ball a lot. So I don't know if I'm going to hang my hat on you know, a number one wide receiver because when I look back at the Roughnecks from 2020, when I look at the LA Wildcats in 2020, those receiving cores were pretty solid and they were spreading the ball. I'm getting that vibe here. Now, I'm not saying this wide receiver no, core is that on par with the Roughnecks or the Wildcats from 2020. All I'm just saying is I'm getting that vibe from my conversations that it could be a very team oriented versus top guy, top two guys. You're, yeah, you're number one or two guys who you always look for. Ah, okay. And, you know, that actually could, though, uh, that could that could benefit not only the players, but the, the team as a whole, you know. And, um, you know, I haven't been too familiar really with, like, the Orlando coaching staff. From, but from my understanding, y'all got some good, some good guys there in the coaching staff, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, Coach Ford is got a lot of ties to the FCF guys. So I think that transition is not going to be as big of a jump as a lot of people anticipate for these people leaving the arena or indoor game. And, you know, he was their offensive coordinator for fan controlled football, which is Mm -hmm. a very unique thing. I didn't get into it too much, but more I look into more. I watch some older games here and there. I find it intriguing that he is probably going to be the key, the most important piece to this puzzle. It's going to be Coach Ford. And I like my conversations with Lamar Thomas. It was very enlightening. Yeah, offensively, I see that. But you got to keep in mind, you know, T. Buck is a defensive guy. He's got Carter. And I think when you look at it, they had a lot of DBs. That's the one thing Lamar Thomas was telling me. He goes, we made some sacrifices because we loaded up, you know, a lot of defensive backs. And they did. So I'm going to be really intrigued as to how that is going to play out again without watching these teams. It's kind of tough, you know, you know, speculation. Yeah. You know, are they going to be lean up front and playing a lot of, you know, cover anticipating that it's going to be, you know, throw happy league. I I don't know, but it seems like they're prepared for it Mm -hmm. or at least for depth. I mean, they could guess that never hurts, but it's going to hurt elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. Well, what is there? about the guardians that you are concerned or our fellow, I say a training. I didn't know you released an episode, but I, I didn't catch it. So this here's the opportunity. Is there anything that concerns you looking at the guardians roster for Saturday? Again, going back to the wide receivers, I am a little nervous about that. Even like you said, even if it's more of a progression type system, I am worried that because y'all do have some good guys and like uh, Charleston Rambo. I'm a big fan of him. You know, all it takes 
are some big plays and the Roughnecks before they know it are going to be, you know, on their heels. So I am worried about that too. Um, and quarterback wise, whether it's Paxton Lynch or Francois, I'm a big fan of Francois and Paxton Lynch. He's a good quarterback himself. You know, you saw him in the USFL. Um, and when it comes to like the Orlando defense, I am really worried about their ability to cause turnovers on the Roughnecks because I know we're going to be throwing the ball a lot. You know, the coaches have been saying that since they gotten hired. And I'm really, really nervous that, you know, having a guy like Buckley as the head coach, you know, loading up on defense, like the uh, defensive backs and stuff. I am nervous that we're, we're going to be doing a lot of turnovers too, y'all. Um, I think out of everything, that's what I'm most nervous about is how our passing game is going to go against your defense because you don't go up against an air raid offense expecting anything else except passing, you know. So I think that's what I'm most uh, most worried about. And A-Train agrees with me um, that Orlando's defense, if they're on top of it and they cause the turnovers – yeah, it's a very winnable game at that point. You got, you know, a legend, if you will, in Wade Phillips as mm-hmm. a head coach. I'm anticipating a very sound defense, even if your offense isn't what Roughneck fans are used to from 2020. Mm-hmm. You got spoiled a little bit there with PJ. and We did. <laughs> some of those guys. But anyway, I think defensively, that's also where the issue is going to be for the guardians, right? So they're going to be going up likely uh, up against likely a solid defensive unit. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine they're not going to be ready. I know I had Mark Hall on the Clear 54 podcast recently, and he was talking about how be prepared that calls will likely be given you know, a little more leeway for the offensive line. Cause defenses are always ready from the beginning of a season. It's an yep. offense that is always coming from behind, right? Mm-hmm. They need to play catch up. It takes two, three weeks before they really get into their rhythm. If that's the case, I think that bolds well for both defenses, but a Wade Phillips led team and probably going to be a little bit more conservative on, you know, having a defensive head coach. Somebody has been there, you know, been there, done that is probably going to have a pretty conservative game plan even though everyone wants to see it high flying, but they're probably not going to go, you know, so hard right out of the gate Mm -hmm. where maybe T buck being a rookie head coach might be a little bit more aggressive, even though he's a defensive, you know, minded player turned coach, he might be a little bit more aggressive, which could play into the roughnecks hands. Mm -hmm. Solid defense. Offense not quite up to par. So that would be my concern looking at the other side of the ball. It's not your offense. I would be more concerned your defense and where our offense is at that particular point in the season. So early, and we've seen it time and time again with these spring or alternative leagues. The quarterback play in week one or two just usually is not quite there. We saw it with the USFL. We even saw it early yes. on in 2020 with the XFL. And heck, you go back to XFL. 2001, the first game was pretty sloppy. You know, it's between the the hitmen and the outlaws. But anyway, that's what I'm fearful. I mean, as a Guardian fan, I know I'm going to be in the stands uh, on week two. 
I hope we're not coming off a loss because that is, like we said, the bottom feeders. Somebody's going to walk away and somebody is going to be the bottom team clearly after mm-hmm. week one. Yeah, absolutely. Someone is. Um, and I actually, I do like your point on that. You know, even like the USFL last year, that's like the big thing I noticed. Those first few weeks, the quarterback play was just rough. But I think we both can agree that this week one matchup, the game is going to be decided on defense um, at the end of the day. How the de- the defenses do, that's going to decide who wins this game. Uh, and you said it perfect right there, you know, on the Orlando side. You're not too worried about the Roughnecks offense going into week one, because even on my podcast, I said when we gave our score predictions, I sort of said, you know, it's going to be a lower scoring affair. It's not going to be like that, hopefully, for Houston the whole season. But week one, it's going to be a lower scoring affair. And it it may not be the prettiest football, too. You know, and I think us fans, you know, it's important for us to realize that we can't judge the league, the players, the teams on this first week of play because, there's just, there's so much that goes into this. You know, you can do training camp and practice for however long, but nothing can prepare you for that, that first week of football, those first few weeks of playing in fans in front of fans and in the, the TV and whatnot. Uh, so you make a great point with that, Michael. You do. Looking at the division, I think the Renegades are the favorite. Yep. You know, they're a veteran team. They got some veteran coaches now tied into it. They were all tied to XFL 2.0. So they're not rookies putting this team together. They know where they fell short last time around with their own squads, and they now can kind of come together. They also have a lot of veterans. They do. For alternative football. So looking at that, I think they're they're the favorites. So I think the other three teams in the South Division are going to be competing for number two which is still a playoff spot. But with that being said, I think that makes this game all the more important between the two teams they're playing because they are what are essentially everyone thinks the the least skilled teams in all of the league, not just the division, obviously all the league. So what is your, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What is your thoughts score-wise? Who's going to come out on top? What's the score going to be? I believe I said, I have it somewhere in my notes here. I said something along the lines of, I believe, I think the Roughnecks will win the game, but it's going to be close. I think I said something possibly around 29 to 20, something along those lines. But, you know, I like Orlando as a team, but I think for this week one, you're in Houston. Wade Phillips being a more experienced head coach. I think he's going to have prepared his guys for this moment, possibly a little better, possibly. I don't even know if I could say that though, because, you know, on the Orlando side, they're not brand new to the game. Of course, like coaching, they're still rookies. uh, Buckley is, but it's going to be a close game, but I just imagine that being at home, having Wade Phillips there, I think they're going to pick up the win. Um, but it could easily go to Orlando, too. Um, I think people need to stop underestimating what Orlando can do because, like I said, I'm scared about that wide receiving core and what that defense can do because it could turn upside down against the Roughnecks real easy. Uh, what about you, Michael? What are, what are your predictions? 
Yeah, I would take a look at a couple things. It's in Houston in front of the fan base. Neither are traveling that far because they're both just traveling from Arlington. So it's not like one's actually on the road, but it's the difference is having your home crowd and it's an established home crowd. Mm -hmm. So that being said, and you add in the fact that Wade Phillips is it's essentially a homecoming. I think those two things sway it in the favor. And that's kind of what I'm, you know, like I said, I'm concerned about the defense on top of it. I do think it's going to be close because I think that T buck is probably going to have his team taking just enough chances. I think mm-hmm. that coach Ford is going to come up with a very interesting game plan. We'll have to see how it unfolds. But I, I do think it's probably going to be in that. I, I don't think either team cracks 30. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's going to be maybe 24, mm-hmm. 18, something like that. You know, because now with the, the odd point, you know, extra point systems, I think there's going to be some really odd scoring. And I think T Buck is going to be one of the guys that's probably going to go for the threes. I think he's just going to, out of the gate, he has nothing holding him back. He's very interesting. And uh, he has made it known that he's here to win. So if it comes down and they're going to need a three, I don't think there's going to be any conservative approach to a one or a two point extra point. I think they're going to go for the three. So I think we could see a very interesting score, but I don't. Yeah. Maybe 24, 18, something like that. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. Like you said, they're not cracking 30. I would be very, very surprised if either team cracked 30. Uh, it's just for week one spring football, you don't see it. You don't see it a lot unless you have a guy like PJ Walker last year, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be a lower scoring game. Yeah. So that being said, what do you anticipate for a crowd? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually. Um, I think from what I've just been hearing, you know, with the events I've been going to and just seeing some of like the Ticketmaster stuff, um, it's not going to be a San Antonio, of course, you know, it's not going to be a San Antonio week one, but they're going to draw a pretty good crowd. Um, I know a lot of fans around here, especially with the Texans being, you know, as bad as they are, people have not forgotten about the Houston Roughnecks from 2020. You know, I walk around campus with a roughneck shirt on and people automatically remember, Hey, that's PJ Walker. You know what happened to him and that. So people remember this team. I think we're going to be able to attract a pretty good crowd. Uh, again, just based on what I'm hearing and numbers wise, not going to blow anyone out of the water, but it's going to be a respectable crowd. Yeah, because it doesn't matter what's sold today. And I know there's various sh- um, platforms, whether there's other show, Posts and stuff, keeping up. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's all taking snapshots of what seats are available, and we see that. But the benefit here for the Roughnecks is that as of right now, it's Thursday night. You still have all day Friday. You have essentially all day Saturday to still sell still game tickets. It's not that far fetched to think if the buzz hits just right with local media kind of talking about, oh, hey, this weekend, this weekend you might pick up a couple extra thousand. I'm not acting like it's going to be 5,000 more. You might pick up one to 2,000 mm-hmm. more Easily. seats, which could sway it to be fairly respectable. So, you know, I, I would like to 
see a good crowd. I think it helps with television and everything. And obviously that's the one thing the XFL has been focused on is to make sure there was going to be games in the markets and there will be hometown fans. So we have to see how each of the teams turn out. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I appreciate you taking the time to actually come on to this brand new show. Your guest number one of standing guard. (laughs) You know, we have to get that insight from those that we're going to face to kind of get a little bit better of an idea because we haven't had a preseason. So I think talking with you and seeing that you were following it very closely, obviously and reporting on your own show and on your social media accounts, I think it was very important to have you on to share your insights. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on to this budding show and hopefully we can do big things. Oh, absolutely. And hey, thank you for having me on here because you provided me insight on the Guardians that I would never know. Never know. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're going to have a good thing going here, Michael. Uh, yeah, you're, you're going to have a good thing going. Well, I appreciate it. Before you go, this is where I offer everybody on my other show their opportunity to plug themselves. You know, what mm-hmm. your show is, where can they find it, where are you on social media if somebody wants to keep in tune because there's going to be a second matchup later on in the season, folks. Yes, there we will. are division foes. So if you want to have an idea what's going on in the Houston area or with the roughnecks, you're the man. So why don't you tell everyone where they could find you? Yeah, for sure. So my podcast along with my co-host a train is on YouTube called the rough M up podcast. So like E M rough M up podcast. And so you can find my social media. I am on Twitter at Cullen underscore Watkins there. I will post, you know, whenever we post on YouTube, I'll post on there and I'll also, you know, comment on XFL stuff. And I know Michael, I'm um, connected with you on Twitter as well, but yeah, on YouTube, our video podcast, the rough em up podcast highlights analysis, profiles, predictions, all of that stuff. So if you want to keep up with the Houston Roughnecks, that's literally your spot on YouTube. Perfect. Thank you, Colin. Hey, thank you so much, Michael. You're welcome. I am grateful Cullen was available and willing to join the show on a short notice. Hopefully, his insight helps Guardians fans to have a better idea of what we could see during the Guardians Week 1 matchup. I appreciate you tuning in to the first of many new episodes of Standing Guard. If you haven't already done so, find us on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. If you have any recommendations for guests and segments, hit us up so I can format the show to better serve you and cover the team. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Do not forget to subscribe and rate Standing Guard on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Standing underscore Guard or Standing Guard Pod. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show message, the show via social media, or send an email to Standing Guard Podcast at gmail.com.